Enrique Goldman. Hi. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to st I'm going to ask Enrique a couple questions just to get things started, and then we'll very quickly open it up to to your questions. I mean, I think I want to talk about the film, but I think just it would be really useful to place the film in context of your journey as a director and how you got started and those kind of things. Uh, how I started with this film or with, in general? As, as in general, as a director. As a director. I started making films, uh, shooting uh, uh, videos for weddings and bar mitzvahs in New York. Uh, I moved to New York when I was 19 years old and, uh, from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And, you know, as a ca then I worked as a cameraman or and then I, I directed a couple of documentaries, and then I moved to Italy, I went to drama school, I started working for uh, a network in Italy and started shooting documentaries. And then and in the meantime I was writing uh, screenplays, mm -hmm. and then I directed in 1998 my first feature film, Ishkan, and then in 2000 I shot Princesa, uh, and, and then in the meantime I made documentaries and dramas for television, and then Jean Charles. Okay. And the link between Princesa and Jean Charles in terms of the production company and, the peop and that connection, I mean, did, how did you become involved in, in this? Because it's, there are, you know, sort of, there are connections in terms of the people involved with it. It's like, a, it's, uh, um, the films I get to make are not just the films that I want to make, obviously I want to make and I'm responsible for them. Uh, uh, but are also the films that people want me to make. And, and somehow, uh, Princess and, and Jean Charles are films that uh, I were uh, allowed to make. But in the meantime, if I had made musicals and science fiction and something which would be a total departure from this style of filmmaking, I, I would be very, very happy. And I can't wait to make other kinds of films. But somehow, those are the films that I, uh, I've been so far allowed to make. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense. Uh, but I mean, it's why do you think? I mean, it, with this, obviously, there's the connection because you naturally come from Brazil. But what else drew you into this project? Not just you know for yourself. Well, I, I see. Like I always w look for stories that are meaningful to me, but I also that I think they're going to be meaningful to everyone else. Um, and those were obviously two stories that, um, in the case of Princesa, in the case of, of Jean Charles. Those are stories that spoke to me, and I'm somehow very drawn to stories about outsiders. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that's the only kind of story that I'm attracted to. Uh, but that's, uh, yeah, Jean Charles basically is a film about an outsider, mm -hmm. a misfit, and I'm, it's, I'm attracted to that. So. How, I mean, it's, it's very interesting to, to watch the film in the context of, you know, thinking about what we all saw on the news, in newspapers and everything else, and then to be taken in to a very, very different world than what one would, you know, expect from a film about that person and that time. Were you given a great deal of freedom in terms of shaping the story? Or did you, were you given a very clear brief of, you know, we want, you know, from the film council, we want this type of film? No, I mean, the freedom was total. And, and I was only interested in, in making a film that, but, well, because, I mean, it's such a kind of, uh, Jean-Charles sadly became like some sort of a brand name. 
because around his name gravitate a lot of kind of very important themes of uh, 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 recent history, you know, war and terror, immigration, uh, police brutality, so many different... So he became like a, some sort of kind of, of magnet for, for, for uh, those things. And I, was, I wouldn't be interested in telling what people already knew about him. Mm. So I feel mostly dealing with the, with the subject matter like that people know so much about or or people read so much about, I, I felt that I had the obligation of, of, of showing the, the, the dark side of the moon, mm-hmm. to, you know, to tell the other side of the story that, that people weren't as in, well informed about. Um, let's go back a step in terms of the shaping of, of the script. You have went into the community and researched and found the story behind the headlines in effect and how how long a process was there in terms of developing the story that you wanted to shoot before you started filming how long a process was that in film time it was a rather short period because it was about two years maybe two years and a half from back to end uh, it's a long time but in, as you guys know you know it's in film time is is, is film time is more like geological time you know so you have to creep you know it's like you have to wait and um, but and then he, the, the film also had uh, had several incarnations before it it became what it is. Uh, it all started as uh, as a film for for uh, a TV film for the BBC. I was approached by uh, by BBC to make a film uh, for BBC, but then the script wasn't really working. And but we were writing pre-production. And uh, I was going to make that film because that, that was that's what was available at the time. And then the BBC pulled the plug. Uh, in Brazil, people really, really a lot of when when the film was released in Brazil, the Brazilian journalists were asking me, and everyone wanted to know whether there was some sort of censorship. And I would have loved to say yes. They tried to censor me. I would love to say we're a victim, but it's, it would be a lie because nobody tried to stop anything. Uh, people would have to ask, you know, the, 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 the head of the BBC drama why she pulled the plug. Maybe there was something political about that. Maybe she didn't want to rock the boat so much. But I mean, I could only speculate as everyone could, not more, because I never met this person, so I don't know why. The script wasn't very good, so. And it wasn't mature, it was being pushed into production. Anyway, so that didn't happen. And when this didn't happen, I said, okay, now I want to make the film that I want to make. Because, I mean, I really, really, this story really hit me very badly. I really want to tell the story. And I want to tell it on my own terms. Mm. So then uh, um, we went, it took a while for for them to release the rights because the BBC had bought uh, the rights from the family. Uh, and I remember there was one stage in which I had to play uh, a little bit d- dirty because I said to the, to the lawyer, "We see it's going to sound really, really bad if I let the Brazilian press know that you guys bought the rights from the family, decided not to make the film, and now you, you're not releasing the rights for a Brazilian to make a film about them. So we don't want to get there. And immediately they... <laughs> they it, I mean, uh, within a week we had... You know, they washed their hands from the whole thing. So I can, and I don't think they were, they were just being, they're bureaucrats. I don't think they were thinking, oh, we don't want this thing to happen. It would be 
not an honest thing to say, to imply that. And so once the rights were, once the BBC said, fine, you can have it, mm. you had complete... No, free. no, of course not, because we had to deal with the family. Right, okay. And then that was a whole different game and kind of... A lot of my white hair is due to dealing with, with Alex, particularly, the one you saw in the film. It was really very, very difficult, you know, like... this. Uh, they're very, very nice people, and, but they were catapulted into this kind of media circus without being... And it was a very, very difficult uh, thing. And, but then, I mean, slowly they understood that we had good intentions, that we wanted to fake, make a film that was a, a homage to, mm. to, to Jean Charles and to, to Brazilians abroad. And, and so in the end... So his character on screen is very much who he is. No, it's far less than what he is. In reality, he's mm. <laughs> far more <laughs> difficult. Far more difficult. So yes. in, the, in the moment when he comes out and says, don't worry, when I say I'm going to kill somebody, I really... No, he said that. He said at one point we were... Um, uh, I was following him around with a camera mm -hmm. in London because we didn't know we were researching, so why not bring a video camera? And we were, at South, out, uh, we were outside the Stockholm tube station, and, and, and very politely, this a policewoman who was, I mean, there was a police person all the time at the, at, mm. at, on these days outside Stockholm, said, excuse me, sir, you're not uh, supposed to film here. Do you have a permit to film? And I, was, I immediately said, no, no, sorry, sorry. And he said, you know what? And we filmed this. He said, I, I, I hope Ahmadinejad give me uh, an atom bomb because I'll plant inside this, this uh, station. And, and he started to insult this poor policewoman. <laughs> so, and nobody can say anything because they felt, do you know who I am? I'm John Shaw's cousin, so don't. So it's just very intimidating and she felt very, very badly. <laughs> and I had to pull him away from... So. And the response in Brazil to seeing the film, what was that like? Were yeah, you, were you there? The film was hugely popular in Brazil. And, yeah, I think that people... Uh, by now, the film has been seen by millions of people. Mm -hmm. okay. So it was a very positive response. And you were there for the opening of it? Yeah, we were. Yes, we went there for, for the uh, release. And one of the most amazing moments was uh, the, the distributor set up a screening, a public screening, uh, in Jean Charles' hometown, Gonzaga, which is a tiny little, it's not even a village, it's a fraction of what a village would be in the middle of nowhere. And in the football pitch, they put a big screen, and, you know, people came by horse, carriages, buses, you know, thousands of people. And it was very, very emotional. Mm. Very good. Questions from the audience? Silence. Yes. People want to ask you, you mentioned permits. Um, once you were doing it on Young Free Will, I mean, did you have any um, problems uh, filming in London? From the police? Yeah, yeah. Just Not more than the usual, the usual pain in the ass that it is to film in a big city. You know, in London, everything is bureaucratic, locations are very difficult, difficult to park. Yeah, but given uh, the subject matter as well. I wish, yeah. I wish they had given us a hard time. It would be very, very beneficial for the promotion of the film, but nobody did. Okay, well, that's good yeah. to hear. <laughs> this could be a good thing. Police is trying to stop. To, to, like, a, a, a Brazilians to make a film about John Charles. Great headline. Mm. I wish I could. 
Not that I like them, but I mean, they didn't do this. They did other things. Yes. The, um, the shooting scene on the on the train mm-hmm. that must have been quite daunting to you know envisage what you're going to do. Did, did you have like a process that helped you come about that? You know. Uh, uh, so I don't get it. Sorry. Um, th- when the when he gets shot on the train. Yes. I mean that's that must be quite a daunting thing to think about how you're going to execute that. Mm-hmm. You know. Were there things you were trying to allude to, things that helped you think in your mind where you were going to go with that? I mean, it was from, from, it's interesting because I mean, from everything in the film, that was the most premeditated. It's the only pre- really premeditated from the uh, directing point of view part of the film. First of all, because uh, it's very, very expensive to hire a tube station and a train. So it really had to be very, very quick. So it's the only thing that I had to actually to storyboard a little bit. Uh, uh, other than that, and, and also, I mean, we wanted to be very faithful to the to what had emerged dur- during the, the the inquest. We wanted to make that really, 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 really like as cl- as near to what it happened in reality as possible, but as seen from his point of view. So it was very, very premeditated compared to the rest of the film, which is very, very loose, loosely controlled. Actually, that's an interesting moment because in that moment, the film shifts. We move from the world and the story that the average Londoner knows nothing about because you know it's an invisible story. It's what we you know we're not party to that world into the part of the film that that relates absolutely to the facts and the impressions that could have been gathered from the, you know, from newspapers and things. Was that, was that structure, that bifurcation there in the script, or was it something that emerged in the editing process? No, it was obviously, I, I mean, we, it's like one of the things, you're, things that one gets to do the most when one directs a film is try to understand how what you're doing is, is going to be perceived. So that's what you... you that's one of the things that kind of consumes your, your, your mind the most. So I, I was very w- well aware, and I wanted all the time, that people by watching the film would suddenly forget that they were watching a film about Jean Charles mm-hmm. Menezes. So when the surprise came, they would be so identified with the story and with him that it would come as a surprise to them as well. In spite of the fact that everyone knows that Jean Charles has been killed, and the police, and the bombs in London. So it was a, we, we had a very, very, we were threading on eggs all mm. the time with that because we wanted to forewarn, but we didn't want to forewarn. Are we telling too much? Are we telling too little? So it was a very, very f- fine balance. That mm. we, yeah. Well, actually, I was just thinking a moment ago because when we were out remembering each other in the canteen that I met you when you were in the casting process. And I think that, that that's one of the things that is distinctive about the film is that that mesh and mix of people who are professional actors and people that you know and people you brought from Brazil as opposed to people here. Talk, talk us through the casting process, if you would. It's like in this type of filmmaking, and kind of, it's, like it's one of the ways of... Uh, of filmmaking that interests me but it's not the only one but that's what I think would apply to this story would serve this story in the best possible way was kind of to let uh, to, you know to 
to let the doors and the, the windows open so people could actually enter the film. I, so I, a lot of people who are not actors, I don't know how to answer this very well. It's like it seemed to me an obvious thing that this film should be about the Brazilian community in London because of, of, of everything that I heard about Jean Charles and about understanding the world. And at the time, and now it, that has changed suddenly. I mean, I've been living in London for 18 years. And, and when I moved to London, there were very few Brazilians in London. And suddenly there were so many Brazilians. And I wanted to make a film about, you know, the Brazilian diaspora, uh, 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 to celebrate immigration at large, illegal immigration as well. I wanted to celebrate. Uh, um, and I, I, I want to say celebrate in a sense that, not in a sense that I think, oh, I'm happy for people to come even if it's illegal, uh, uh, but also the fact that I don't feel sorry for immigrants, the way that kind of, I feel a lot of times when people think or, or portray immigrants, is oh, these people are being exploited. No, actually, my experience of talking to these people and, and in a sense being one of them, not now, but when I first moved away from Brazil, is that like, well, I mean, it's a choice. And, and most of the people who I met come here because they have a dream and they want to have an adventure, have a good time. That's why Jean Charles came here. You know, he wasn't, he didn't come from a, a wealthy family, obviously, but he didn't have to come here. He could have stayed in Sao Paulo. But he wanted adventure. He wanted, it's about young people having ambitions, having dreams, and coming here and to other places to fulfill their ambitions. Mm. So I wanted the film to be embedded in, 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 in that. In the, and I thought a good way was, would be to allow... Uh, people who are not professional actors mm. to, to play parts, and yeah, I was very criticized about that. A lot of people find, oh yeah, but you know they don't act very well. But you know, I feel it's like you know when you get the the, the, the orange juice that has beets on it. <laughs> so yeah, it, it does have some beets, but it's part of what I thought uh, 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 was the most interesting way of telling the story. There are certainly other ways, but I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah. Yes, question there. Hi. Yeah, I thought the story was really moving and really affecting and the, the tension built really well. And you talk about how when you first got the script that you didn't think it worked and you wanted to make some changes and um, to tell the story you wanted to tell. I was just interested in terms of like narrative structure and what it obviously works really well. So what kind of changes did you make to the original? It was a t I, don't, I, w I wouldn't even call that the original because it, it was another incarnation. It was another, and that film was the film that everyone would expect. You know, the film about the police and Ian Blair. And obviously, there is a film to be made about that. That would be very, very interesting. It, it's just it wasn't the film that I I was interested in. So that it's it's a matter of, uh, it's a shift of perspective mostly. So I decided to make a film only about them and the world is seen from his point of view and from the outsider's point of view. And so it's, it's more like this. It's not like kind of, oh... And therefore, it's less a film about the police and about the political implications of the case. Yeah, I think those things are important. But to me, you know, the story about the outsiders and, and, and this portrayal of the Brazilian community was more... I was more fond of that. Yeah. And like with the a character of um, his cousin, were you trying to have someone else that the audience would identify with to kind of carry through to the end of the film? Like, you it's, know. It, it, it's a combination of several reasons. I'm very happy you asked that because it's like 
if we if you were the the, the 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 main thread of the story, it, it would have been it would have to be solely a tragedy, because it ends with his life. The story would have to end somehow with his, his life. And I wanted to uh, to celebrate his life, and he's really kind of a, 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 a uplifting person. That's I never met him personally, but listening to his friends and his colleagues, his enemies, he was a joker. He loved life, fun-loving guy. So I wanted to make a film that was uh, pay tribute to that. And I thought, and he has this cousin who only came here because he made her come here, because he wanted to have more ambition. And I thought, okay, fine, she's going to outlive him, but she's going to leave his dream of being the traveler. So it became a, it, it's a way for us to 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 make a more uplifting uh, film. But not uplifting in the sense, I'm not saying uplifting because of the happy end and then the box office. I don't, it's not, it never crossed my mind. It, 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 that's not how I think. Uh, uh, not that I wouldn't want the film to be hugely popular, don't get me wrong. But uh, I thought it was a more interesting way into the story and make it, uh, to broaden the story, not just be about the Jean Charles affair, but to be about the Brazilian community, about travelers, about outsiders, in a more mythological sense. There was another... Yes, at the back, that's right. Celto um, Melo is probably one of the biggest Brazilian, contemporaneous Brazilian actors in the cinema, in Brazilian cinema. He sometimes is a, is a warranty of, you know, pact. It, it, everyone goes to the cinemas to see Celto Mello. I would like you to, to tell us about your experience of working with him. Yes, Celto Mello is a thoroughbred. He's a really, he knows so much about filmmaking and he's such a, a, a like an, a, a film set animal and really I learned so much from him. Um, he, he acts so effortlessly. He really doesn't, he doesn't get involved with the character and anything. He just turns the camera on and he's in the part. It's amazing to watch him do this. It's irritating because you want the actress to suffer. You're going <laughs> to die. You're going to cry, please. And he doesn't... He's there smoking, he's chatting the girls up. And, well, okay, we're ready. Okay, let's go. Boom. And he's John Charles. And, yeah, sometimes it's irritating because it's <laughs> kind of... A, uh, uh, I w sometimes you wish he were more reverent, but every time you saw him act, you said, oh, amazing. I mean, so it, it was... And he gave me a lot of freedom... Um, to um, he understood the process, so we never re rehearsed. Uh, it was he really enjoyed, you know, the way that we worked together, and I enjoyed the way that we worked together. And, uh, if you want to ask something more specific, I'm curious what your next film. I mean, if in your ideal world, in your scenario, what is the next film that Enrique Goldman wants to make? In the ideal world, or or in in the both. I mean, in the ideal world, and also. In well, the my real next world. work is going to be like this mini series for uh, Brazilian television, which is going to be filmed in London. It is somehow a spin off from this film, but because it's about Brazilians in London, but it's a comedy. And I really want to get more into comedy because that's what we want to do. I like comedy uh, as a genre. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I also have uh, a film that is now coming together, it's about the most prolific ever. Uh, um, uh, hitman in Brazil's history is about a man who it's based on a true story it's about a man who killed 492 people and is still at large in Brazil 
it's a really incredible story in the Amazon, and he goes around, you know, being paid to kill people. But he's also a victim. I find this very, very interesting. And that will be funded exclusively? No, that's a Brazilian project. Yes. And then I have another project for another mini-series. I mean, there are many, many things. So from this, you're, you're very much embedded in making stories for Brazil? No, no. I, as a matter of fact, I, I was recently in Los Angeles. I'd love to make you know, this mini-series, which is going to be an American project. And No, it's just like there is an opportunity right now mm-hmm. to do that. And you, as a filmmaker, you have to, to go the wherever the opportunities are. And so if, I'd love to... Uh, <laughs> no, I have a quick question. Uh, you, because you had this experience of adapting a real story, and you're saying that your next project would be also based on a real story, could you tell us a bit more about optioning real stories? It's a pain, total pain, because you have to deal with people's what they want to see. You know, you have to deal with, quite rightly, you know, they are entitled, it's, it's their story. So, but you have to deal with it. You don't have the freedom to to invent because you might upset them for because you're portraying them in in a way that they don't want to be portrayed. Um, so you have to thread you're on a, on a high wire all the time. It's very difficult. And as a filmmaker, do you feel that uh, because you can actually affect people's life because these people are still alive, mm-hmm. you know, the story is still running. And how do you feel when, when you touch this, this kind of... I think you have to be... I, I only try to be as honest as I possibly can. And then the rest is going to be... I mean, I read up front, I tell everyone what I'm going to do, I explain in the most detailed way. And then the rest is like if people are going to turn up, end up to being upset, someone will be upset. Most people weren't. You know, Jean Charles mom, she, I mean, this was the most... Uh, uh, rewarding thing in this process when his parents came in uh, after watching the film gave me a big hug and said thank you so to me that's it that's why I made the film really in, in, in a deeper sense to have that but other people don't like very much Louise was pissed off Louise, no, Alex was pissed off because the actor who, who plays him is homosexual and, and he said oh you wanted to denigrate my image I mean <laughs> Things that I really, really, I'm, I was, it really pissed me off very, very badly with that because he can be as crazy as he wants, but, you know, he was insulting a friend of mine. So, someone, so you have to deal with, with people's egos, quite rightly, they're entitled, but it's part of the game. I wish I didn't have to. Here, sorry, I, I do want to just ask about, I'm really interested about the fact, uh, about the point where it changes, the, the fatal journey that we do know about. Up until that point, how much of that that sort of linear story was based on truth, like the set pieces? I mean, did the Indian restaurant, did he work there, did that happen, or were they just sort of constructs? Well, in its like spirit, slice of life, yeah. in its spirit, I would like to think and I believe that we were very, very faithful to Jean Charles and his cousin, the Brazilian community. But because we were making a film about something, uh, uh, we were expanding the theme, we had to reorder events, substitute some events for others. I mean, just to give you a, like an example, um, Jean Charles was an electrician, and at one stage he, was, uh, 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 got, he got an emergency call 
to go to a Brazilian restaurant to fix the buffet machine. You know the buffet where, yeah. where, where the, yeah. the, the, the simmer? And why was it so urgent? Because Zeca Pagodinho, which is one of the samba kings of Brazil, and his ensemble were, were coming for lunch, and the bloody uh, buffet machine broke down. So the owner of the restaurant was desperate. So he called and shouted, and the owner of the restaurant told me that. And me and Marcel said, oh, this has to be in the film. So we're going to put that in the film. And so we have to invite Zeca Pagodinho to play in the film. So we contacted his manager, but Zeca Pagodinho didn't want to come to London. He hates London. <laughs> so, God, who can replace Why, Zeca Pagodinho? Why, because the buffet breaks down all the time. Sorry? Why, because the buffet breaks down. No, because he doesn't <laughs> like to travel, the weather. and So Zeca Pagodinho couldn't come. So who could come, blah, 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 blah. And then we decided on, 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 on Cinema Gal. Uh, and then, but then Cinema Gal was a bigger thing. We didn't want, because it was very big in Brazil in the 80s, Cinema Gal. He was kind of a total icon. Uh, uh, now he's more faded. But, uh, um, but then we didn't want to do it with, in a restaurant. We wanted to do something. And it became dramatically an interesting point in the story because it was his up before mm. the down, I mean. Yeah. You have to be a little bit manipulative as a storyteller in order to, 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 to make the twists and turns in the right place. So, okay, we're going to do it, and we're going to do it with the sound rather than with the machine. So, I mean, we substitute one event by the other. Uh, that's one example. Or okay, the hooker scene. Uh, if I had used the, what happened in reality, it would be an X-rated film. <laughs> that's all I'm going to tell you. Okay. okay. <laughs> There's a question over here. Um, I thought it was a great film. Um, I really enjoyed it. I was, I was just wondering, uh, what's what's what is uh, Jean Paul Domenice's family's uh, attitude uh, towards uh, Hussein Osman? Uh, how do, uh, is uh, do they? I mean, what? How how do they feel towards him, given that, uh, in a sense, his uh, he he. Uh, put some of the events into motion that led to uh, Sean Paul Menezes' death? I don't know, I never asked them this specific question. Um, certainly not to his parents. I can kind of imagine uh, uh, what his cousins would say. I don't think they would, I don't know, I don't know how to answer that. They would probably think that terrorism is the wrong thing, as everyone else. I mean, they were not wouldn't be in favor of terrorism. Alex would say crazy things because he's Alex, but the other but ones But what's would. really interesting, though, in the film, mm. one of the scenes that really, you know, there are many scenes that stand up in answer to this question, because when his, his female cousin is serving in the restaurant and the Italian owner spits on the sandwiches, she can't serve them. Yeah, but, but it's a disgusting thing, whoever yes. you're dealing with. If you, but it's the sense it's of, like, but it's that moment of, you know, they're, they're, hum they're people yeah, that... Yeah, but whoever it is, it doesn't, it, it's not a political thing to be angry with someone who spits on someone else. It's yes. not a political thing. It's like, it's a disgusting thing to yes. do, whoever you do it to, and in, under whatever circumstances. So, yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, and Brazil is so outside of this context of war and terror. There's so many things that are more important in Brazil. That no, I, I, was, I was just wondering whether there's, like, there's any uh, resentment to the fact that uh, he, in a sense, he kind of stole, uh, not deliberately, but um, stole his identity in the sense that he uh, 
is alive in the place of uh, uh, Jean de Pomenes's place? No, because in reality, the police was not, did not, I mean, it, it is a mistake that whoever reads the, 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 the inquest carefully, the police didn't think that he was Osman. No. It was, they thought, they found on Osman's knapsack a gym card that, that led them to Jean Charles' neighbor. That's why they put the, 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 the building under surveillance. And when they saw Jean Charles leaving, they said, oh, that must be the guy who is somehow connected to Osman. They didn't think that he was Osman. It is a, it's, it's not very well told, the story, because it is very confusing. You know when you say neighbour, on, on the street doors, three numbers, and, you know, there was that, that communal entrance, yes. and then they had, they were, it looked like they were actually sharing a, a flat. Yeah. So when you say neighbour, was the Osman fella in that door, in that street no, it door? Was not. That was the guy who they thought the man that, that was connected to Osman. He, this so, guy shared, right, who lived shared, in this shared door? Yes. The, the, shared, the Somali shared, man who come and give him the mail? Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. if, there was one last question, yes. Uh, good evening, sir. Uh, I'm from Nepal. Uh, I'm really impressed from your film and uh, from you. And then, uh, if you have any time later, could you come to our country and assist us in filmmaking, <laughs> to our director? Yeah? In what? Uh, in what? I'm, I'm really, I'm real. I'd love to go to Nepal anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I will. Yes. Enrique, thank you. V- oh, sorry. There's one. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, roughly 1.9 million pounds. Yeah, but it, it, this film was the first ever Brazil UK co-production. And there, there is no uh, a co-production treaty between the two countries, so the kind of the financial, legal cost of it being a co-production was massive. The film didn't have to cost as much, but I mean, just to give an example, uh, legal fees summing up. At one point, we had eleven lawyers involved in this. It was uh, roughly one hundred forty thousand pounds. Just so, like, a, there are a lot of things that made it cost. More uh, money didn't end up on screen, mm. sadly. Okay. Enrique, thank you very, very much.